You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Half hour! Hello, and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. And we're here to bring you a casual conversation about the shows, concerts, films, and all things entertainment that we see throughout our careers. Today, we're bringing you a fun little episode, because actually, we're going to be doing something a little bit different, because we're going to be reviewing, our, re- reviewing ourselves yes, on this Christmas album. I have a little discussion with you to talk about something that we're putting out today. So, this is our Christmas episode. Holiday Broadway, oh, yes. holiday pop, holiday music, holiday. Holiday. Yes. yes. Holiday pop, <laughs> holiday Broadway, holiday songs, holiday everything. But I'm excited to announce this for all of you today, but we just released our first holiday single of three. Yep. And this title of the song is Thank You Santa, and it features... Samantha Pauly from Broadway Six, yep. the musical. Grammy nominated cast album of mm. this year. Bravo, and, Samantha. Yep, Tony Award winning musical. Tony Award winning. And she, and Samantha Pauly is part of that um, original cast of Six, the mm-hmm. musical. And she is the featured vocalist on this new track that we just released today titled Thank You, Santa, which you can go listen to. And anywhere you stream your music, you can hear it on YouTube, you can hear it on um, Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you go listen to your music. It is out today. Our first of three. We have two other songs coming out at the end of November into early December and all three songs are very different and we'll talk a little bit about our mission with Reworked and why things sound different and all that in a little bit but yeah we just want to throw that out there make sure you go listen uh, if you're listening to this today go also put that on your latest holiday playlist and listen to that like every day (laughs) yeah even if you want to do it right now yeah the link link is in the bio so you can go and click it the bio of this episode you can go click it add it and then come back to our episode and finish listening thank you Santa (laughs) it is what it's called so yes, I just wanted to start a little bit here and give everyone a little bit of a overview of why we do reworked and our mission behind it. And because I don't feel like that's something that we fully have done, and we've yeah. been releasing the music now, and we've had a concert mm-hmm. in the past, and I think it would be fun. But I think for me and you, I'll speak for us both together because we're a team. Um, our inspiration really comes from loving these old classic songs that are really like kind of either forgotten or no one's really ever heard of them. And yeah. 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 No, I was going to say, I, I, I feel like there's a, um, a lot of it comes down to the lyric. Yeah. And so sometimes we find these older songs that are written by famous people um, sometimes performed by famous people that people just don't, there's not a lot of covers of them. There's not a lot. Of, and we don't really like to say that we're doing covers of the songs. We, we are really, truly reworking them. Yeah. They're covers, yeah. but I think one thing for us that we always like to say is like, we don't really treat it as a cover. We treat it as like, this is a new song that we really reworked to sound like it came out today. But I think from like a music side of things for me is I always listen to music and I have this conversation with people daily that it's like, A song comes out on Friday, we listen to it, and then it either gets momentum behind it or it's just forgotten. Mm -hmm. There's so much music that comes out every week, every year, for years and years and years. And when you and I started doing this project and we went back and kind of just started diving into different catalogs, and we started this with the Sherman Brothers catalog, and we realized they had created so much music. And so many people know the big songs, but like... 
They don't know everything. It's funny because we knew we wanted to do a concert of sorts and we wanted to kind of revitalize and refresh some of these old songs with Broadway singers and take kind of pop popular music, not not really Broadway music, but popular music from music from films or things like that, and then use Broadway voices on them to refresh them. Because we love we we always say there's so many Broadway voices out there that should be heard more on streaming platforms across the world, right? So I remember we were getting ready to do our 54 Below concert, we were theming a rework to the music of the Sherman. Brothers, and I always say, everyone knows Supercalifragilistic, everyone knows Chit Chit Bang Bang and Mary Poppins and the famous things, but they wrote so many other things. So I actually sat in a Starbucks for like four hours one day and I went through the, I looked at, there's a list out there of every single song they ever wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a documentary out there about them. If you don't know who they are, the Sherman Brothers are like fantastic. Um, one of them still living. And, uh, if you don't know who they yeah, are. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And, um, and I listened to every single one and I found songs that I thought, this it has a potential to sound good today and it get refreshed and revitalized and reworked. Mm-hmm. So we found, we got that list together. Yeah. And then we just, we, we brought aboard um, our amazing uh, music director and arranger, Andy Grobengeiser, who's fantastic and has just worked on so many Broadway shows and, and uh, tours and things. And he's wonderful. And he revamped and revitalized. We're changing the vibe and feel of the song without changing the melody line, without changing the lyrics. We're just keeping the root of the song there and changing the feel of it. And so right before the pandemic, like weeks before the pandemic kind of hit, we had did our 54 Below concert and we was all Sherman Brothers reworked music. So that's kind of how this all started. Uh, Then during the pandemic, we were like, well, we can't really be doing concerts or shows right now. We wanted to kind of keep going with it. But we decided, wait, we could um, record some of these songs and get a professional recording. So we had chosen three of them. And last year, we had released Reworked Volume 1. So if you don't know about that, I'll do another plug on that. (laughs) Reworked Volume 1 is out. It's been out for about a year now. Three um, Sherman Brothers songs that we chose that we recorded with Broadway singers. It's a Small World, which is a popular one. And I know that's a popular one, but we did want to still kind of rework that for a calmer kind of vibe. Um, Enjoy it. Enjoy it, which is like such a fun upbeat song because that, that's an old song from one of their old movies and then where did the good times go and where did the good times go which is uh, actually from one of their Broadway shows that they had one Broadway show um, mm-hmm. that they did it was kind of a forgotten ballad kind of a, so we reworked it and so then we did that and then we were like wait a second rework Holiday yes. I mean everyone loves holiday music and how many times do you hear singers do covers of the, the same songs which the is great song, but over and over it's again the, and it's the same pop star releasing a Christmas album and nine out of ten times you see a Christmas Christmas holiday album coming out from a pop star, you're going to see Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. You're going to see Jingle Bell Rock. You're going to see White Christmas. You're going to see uh, some of these very popular mm-hmm. um, songs. And all I Want for Christmas is You and all these things. So it's like we went, kind of went into the catalog again with Andy, right? And we kind of said, let's find some holiday songs that are kind of like lost and forgotten. And we stumble on this song from the 1980s. There's this movie called Santa Claus the Movie and the Ambrosian <laughs> Children's Choir sing this song titled Thank You, Santa. And I'm listening to it. And it's really cute and like very yeah. like, oh, head, head, head bop. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. This this is a cute song. This should be really like reworked. And, yeah. and with Andy's magic as well as – um. Michael Kreuter, Yellow Sound Lab, who engineered and did did this project, and Samantha Pauly bringing on her amazing vocals. We released this really fun dance pop club vibe song. Yeah, it just came out hours ago. I and, think what's yeah. what's super fun about this whole process with reworked is really the collaboration that we've been able to build between us 
and Andy together on coming up with like the concept of reworking each one of these songs to sound different. You know, you and I have sat down with the songs and then we'll share them with Andy and we'll say, hey, which ones are you kind of gelling with? And here's kind of like what we're thinking for mm-hmm. each song. Mm-hmm. Not to give all of our creative um, process right. away, but it was really cool for you and I to just sit there and be like, wow, what would this sound like if it was a dance club track? Yeah. That, you know, everyone could be dancing in the club and all of a sudden this Thank You Santa comes yeah, on. Yeah. And our other two songs, I'll bring them up now. Uh, we have These Are the Special Times, which is written by Diane Warren and made famous by Celine Dion right. um, back in the 90s. And then we have... And that's going to be really slow, you know, opposite of Thank You Santa. We try to do different vibes of music and try to bring you not the same sound in every song, right? I mean, right. you got to go with what the kind of emotion of the song leads you to be doing, right? right. With the beat. And the vocals on that track are going to be featured by Teddy Trice. Yeah. So yeah. he kills amazing, the song. I can't wait for everyone Broadway to hear singer. that. Yeah, he's I amazing. I really can't wait for everyone to hear that song because it's like that one's going to live on beyond the holidays. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because it doesn't have everything that makes it's like we feel like it's a holiday song. Yep. We know it's a holiday song because because it comes from a holiday album. Yeah. But it just has so much more than that. And it's stripped down to this fun R&B, like, sit-at-home style, yeah. which is great. Yeah. And then last, we're releasing Christmas in L.A. Yeah, or Christmas in Los Angeles, right? Christmas LA in Los sure. Angeles. Which is a Sherman Brothers song. And yes. we had when I was looking through Sherman Brothers music a few years back, I said, oh, they have a few holiday songs. I'm like, what? And and it's so funny because their old, the Lawrence Welk show had did that <laughs> song so long ago, really featuring this, like, what is Christmas like in Los Angeles when it's not snowing and it's 70 degrees and the rest of there's no, you know, it's not typical. Typical mm-hmm. snowy Christmas trees and things. So, and they, we did a kind of complete jazzy reworking of that song and freshened it up. And that's coming out in a few weeks, featuring the vocals of Catherine Allison, um, who was just recently on Broadway and Company, as well as a few other things. And her vocals are just wonderful too. So, we're really lucky with Catherine and Teddy and Samantha on these three tracks, all Broadway performers who just really, really brought their A game on this and in, in three very different ways. We were really, really happy with that. Every time I think of the Christmas in LA song and you say the Lawrence Welk, I think of that SNL stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It does remind me when you listen to the original and what we're going to be doing in the next weeks is kind of showing you all a little bit on our social platforms. We're trying to show you where these songs come from in the yeah. process. And this podcast episode is kind of starting that process of now that we have three reworked songs released, we have three holiday ones coming out. We'll have six out now. We're kind of building our repertoire of reworked music, mm-hmm. which is really nice. One thing I wanted to kind of bring up to everyone too is like, I think what really is great with like what Catherine, what Teddy, what Samantha really bring to this this feel is they have that kind of crossover element that we've always been kind of looking for with Broadway singers and Broadway performers because we have this conversation about like there's so much talent in the Broadway space and it just kind of stays there. It stays in this New York City Broadway bubble and a lot of people are starting to kind of cross over into that and I find what their three voices have, they have that kind of cool technique where they can go from the Broadway stage and have that Broadway dialect that just works with the way they're singing, but they can turn it off and become a pop star. And I I think that's really fun. I think that's really some part of the mission behind Reworked as well is we really like finding Broadway voices that just work in a commercial mainstream aspect. So it, you know, I would love to know what people think about that. Do they well, feel the same way when they hear these three singers? Would they say, wow, that's a Broadway performer? But a long time ago, 50, 60, 70 years ago, 
there was an, uh, an openness between you did Hollywood films, you went to do Broadway, then you did Broadway, then you went back to Hollywood films or TV. Angela Lansbury is a prime example of someone who went back and forth. Barbara left, never really went back. You know, some people don't ever come back and go. You do have some people like... Um, Barbara. Oh, but, Barbara, yeah. There's, there, <laughs> but there, there's so many different performers who have did the TV movies and then go to Broadway. And so nowadays you see these pop people come to Broadway and everyone's like, whoa, what is Hugh Jackman doing in this Broadway show? Or whoa, what is this pop singer doing in this Broadway? And like, no, that's what used to be. So then I always say to myself, well, you have all these people working on Broadway. Why? I, you're watching The Voice. You're watching American Idol. You're watching these shows. Like, where? And now, yes, there have been Broadway people that have auditioned for those shows. But why are they not being kind of heard and found and becoming the Kelly Clarksons and the Taylor Swifts and stuff? Why is there? And I think what we're trying to do is provide an opportunity to say, hey, release a song with us. Let's bring a pop song with your voice to the yeah. mainstream. And 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 I think that's important to us is, is going back to the times when theater and pop, the two worlds, as you all know, with two worlds entertainment, were bridged and were melted together and yeah. formed together. And there's such a divide now between you do Broadway or you do movies or you do TV. I'm like, no, no, no. I think really malleable people can really do all three depending on what's calling them at the time of their career. But I do think it has to be a little bit of turning off the Broadway kind of persona. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to switch. And I think there's a really great example kind of right now, not to go off topic from our show, but Renee Rapp is really a Broadway girl who's kind of just like, hey, I'm going to be a pop star now. And she's getting the feedback that it's saying, wow, she's going from Broadway to pop star. Sure, especially since and especially since scores are written in a more pop way now too. Yeah. You really, you know, it's interesting. Twenty, thirty years ago, you really had to you know, sing a certain way for Broadway scores, and now you have to go into an audition to sing rock and roll, to go into an audition to sing pop, to go into an audition and sing, and then you have the classic revivals still too. When yeah. we we're just reading this week that Philippa Sue, who did Hamilton and all that score, is now going to go do the Julie Andrews track in Camelot yeah. this spring, and it's like that's a hard vocal. So like, Adrian Hicks and something like it hot. Those vocals, like some of the, so you have so many different styles of music on Broadway, and I think these vocalists are so well trained mm-hmm. to really bring their voice in different ways. So we're trying to say, hey, I know we know what you do eight times a week. Let's show off a different side of your voice to the world. And yeah. I think that's a really cool, cool thing. And I also just think it's a, it's something for a Broadway performer to really just think about. When you're not in a show, what are you doing yeah. after that? Yeah, are you just waiting for your next gig, or are you? working on your career as a singer because all of the Broadway performers out there, most of them are all really good singers. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's what I really feel like all three of these artists have. They're really great singers. Let's use that. Right. Use that. You can be in a club one day performing. You can be on an arena one day performing. You don't know where the world's going to take you. And I think like, that's kind of, where we came up with this baby of reworked. Mm-hmm. We birthed this idea of, you know, blending the Broadway talent with this idea of creating modern pop music from old stuff. Right. We always like to tell people too, if you ever hear of like postmodern jukebox, which is a very famous group that takes famous popular songs and makes them sound like they were from the 1920s and the 1930s. We always say we do the complete opposite. Yeah. Right? We take songs from the 1920s and 30s and 40s and we make them sound like if they were written today yeah. without changing lyric, without changing melody line. And we really keep that energy. And, 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 and like I said, there's so many songs. And another thing about bridging the worlds, you know, how do you know how many times there's famous songs that were made famous by Billie Holiday and 
and Frank Sinatra and, 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 and these famous singers of the time. And people are like, oh, and then they go see a Broadway show and they see a revival of the show and like, wait, that's in that, that's a Irving Berlin song. That's a Cole Porter song. Yeah. Those were songs from musicals and, and Hollywood films that pop people made famous. So I always think it's kind of cool when you see that and you say, well, let's bring to light some of these songs. Let's, let's take Broadway songs and make them popular. Let's take pop songs and bring them to Broadway shows. We just are trying to bridge the gap. That's literally what Two Worlds Entertainment is all about is there should, in these last 20, 30 years, there's been such a gap. And now I see that we're bringing that yeah. gap lesser and lesser. And we should really bring pop and Broadway together. And it should be one world in a yeah. way. Two worlds to one world in a way, you know? <laughs> Two worlds is our one world. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so in this second half of the podcast here, we're going to have like a nice conversation about holiday music in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, holiday music in Broadway, holiday music in pop, and just like why it works. Yes. Yeah. Every year the holidays come along so I, and and why it works. So I was going to start by saying, I always like to start with like history. Like I feel like one of the main reasons why it works is holidays are associated with traditions yeah. and people put the same decorations up in their home and do the same family traditions, cook the same foods, have the same moments in their family at the holidays and that is comforting to people that is a that is warmth that is a reminder of their ancestors that is a reminder of what they do in life giving and feeling loved and so to come i always say we listen to the same songs every holidays like we'll listen to some of those classic like the bing crosby white christmas not the seven so yes we will listen to the 17 other versions of white christmas but there's always something about going back to judy garland's having yourself a merry little christmas mariah carey's all i want for christmas is you like these iconic songs by these iconic people every year and i think that just is the warmth and the comfort that people have with mm -hmm. that I think that's one of the reasons why you're probably like, yeah, why Why do we have the same songs every time the holidays come around? Well, I was doing a little research on this, and I've kind of knew this already, but I think the game changer for holiday music period is White Christmas the in song. terms of the song. Yeah. Yeah. It is the most popular song. Behind Happy Birthday. Happy Birthday is the most popular song out there. It's yep. generated the most money. White Christmas is the most popular song ever. They mean that means in terms of sales, cheap sales. music, street it is licensing music. The song itself has made thirty million dollars. Yes, it is the most popular song ever, and it's a song that is not played most of the year. I mean, isn't that astonishing? Yeah, but look at what it has going for it. It's like it's when you think of Christmas, you immediately say White Christmas yeah. or All I Want for Christmas Is You. Yeah, but. Right. That came many years later. Yeah. So it yeah, hasn't it has been to catch up. It, has it to could catch, catch up. up. Yeah. It has but, to catch up to right. what White Christmas has already done. But it's like when we talk about Broadway shows, you know, Phantom of the Opera is the top of the game. Right. But well, guess what? Now something's going to catch up. Right, so, right, right. But White Christmas is there. And there's so many different covers of White Christmas. So everything just contributes to, to the, the, yep. the generation of money yeah, yeah, for that yeah, song. Yeah. And White Christmas is never going away. So the difference with like Phantom is it's going to go away, right? Well, February, right, but right. Well, the music would always live on, but right. I know no, no, the show right. being the longest run, right? So White now Christmas White Christmas can just still lives sure. on forever. So I always find that song changed the game of pop music holiday edition. Yeah, and after that, everyone was like, "I need to put out a holiday song." Mm. And for years and years and years now, we've just seen holiday music get pumped out every single year. 
And it's like one day, one year it's Kelly Clarkson putting out. The next it's Ariana Grande. Yeah. The next it's Mariah Carey. The next it's the Dixie but Chicks. It, it's it's like, smart. Yeah. Producers must be telling these singers, put a holiday album out. It's always going to get played. It's going to be playlisted. It's going to be put on shuffle when people are cooking, when people are decorating, when people are cleaning, when people are hosting. This is the time of year when restaurants need that music to be playing 24-7. Of course. Uh, you know, and malls. And I mean, this is just, that's what people want to listen to for those six weeks of the holidays. It's, you know? it's the best way to kind to capitalize on the holiday if you're a musician yeah. and every genre has something there's classical christmas there's pop christmas there's hip-hop christmas there's country christmas yes. there's dance christmas yeah. there's classical uh, music christmas i mean there's so i mean you, you know there's so many i mean when you listen you think of the nutcracker i mean the ballet that's in new york city every year i mean like there's so there's so many style the jazzy fun christmas music, the rockettes right and i'll talk a little bit about the broadway new york city christmas history in a little bit yeah but, but there's so much there and I think, yeah, there's, it just works. It yeah. really just works for like each year. And if you get a hit, yeah. So make one of our rework songs a hit. <laughs> if you get a hit, you're good. Yeah. You're good yeah. every year because guess what? Apple Music and Spotify, they're programming the same songs every year. Yeah. And it, it's very, someone wrote this, but it's, if you're the older of the holiday genre, it's actually be, to be cooler. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's cooler to be the older song in the genre oh. rather than the newer song. Yeah, yeah. In holiday music. Well, in holiday music because when people you have hear like but rocking you, around the Christmas tree and which last is, but, Christmas. But it's the and, iconic like, whoa. Oh, okay. I already know this. Or when you hear the Dominic. Okay, I already know. It's Dominic Donkey, right? You know what I mean? Or Okay, I automatically know. Like you instantly hear that iconic sound, which are sometimes those muffly old orchestral forties yeah. sound because so and many people favorite, love that. Yeah, your favorite Charlie Brown. Christmas oh time. Lord, <laughs> uh, that, that Christmas time is here. That is so sad. Does anyone else agree that that is the saddest, most sad, sad, sad holiday song? I just skip it every time. It's such a beautiful, actually, jazz-written song. I just think I'd rather listen to it with different lyrics at another yeah. time of year. It's but, just. I, I always find it interesting, like, it is cooler to be an older song in the holiday yeah, genre. Yeah, yeah, and, and And what's interesting is, too, even with Broadway, so talk about Broadway Christmas a little bit. In the 60s and 70s, you had Mame and Annie. Those are the two big shows that come to mind that had a Christmas. Annie never had a really Christmas song. I mean, they have a get, getting a new deal for Christmas is the end of their show, and so they have Christmas at the end, but the majority of the show is not about Christmas. It just ends at Christmas yeah. with a song. Mame, the majority of show is not about Christmas, but they have We Need a Little Christmas, which so many people don't realize that's a Broadway musical song, and we all hear Hall at the Holly, right? Um, so those were like moments where Broadway kind of started to feature a moment, but you could do Annie in July, yeah. you could do Mame in July, and it still works, because it's just a moment. It's not a holiday show. Right. And then in the 90s, Alan Menken writes Christmas Carol musical, and that runs so many years in um, down in uh, Madison Square Garden Theater. And that was like an iconic staple thing to go to. And it was like, you know, it came back every Christmas. All our childhood, it was there for years. And I never saw it. Oh, I know. I can't believe I never saw it. It was so iconic. Um, and then Rockettes, which have been around for like a thousand years, it feels. But they've been around every year they do that. It's like a review-style show. So there's vignette scenes, and obviously the iconic nativity scene, the nutcracker scene. There's mo- moments that are iconic, right? And that so, show, but that <coughs> the Rockettes is White Christmas. 
Yeah. Some people will go and see that show every yes. year until they die. Yeah, because it's just their tradition. I go yes. back to the tradition. They want to see that. Even though they might change a song or two every year, they want that iconic feel with their children, their grandchildren. They want that, right? But then we hit this moment, oh, and Christmas Carol, the play, which has been done 37,000 times, 37,000 different ways, which is cool. And it's on Broadway again. Broadway again, <laughs> one-man show. We're going to have a podcast about that a little later on in the season. Um, but then you have these. This you had this moment where, like, Elf... Grinch, Christmas Story, were like these like famous books or movies that all became Broadway musicals and like hit the scene like what, 10, 15, 20 years ago, right? And so it was like this big thing. And it was like, oh, and it works. And every, and since then, we haven't really, other than the Rockettes coming every year, we haven't really had a big splashy Christmas musical in quite a few years. And it's interesting to me how, you know, I guess from a producer's perspective, you're looking at it and you're like, well, you can only run it for six to eight weeks. So you got to hope you make enough sales to recoup your investment in that time. So it's a difficult investment. And you can't really do Elf and Christmas Story and Grinch and Christmas Carol in June, in May, and summer stuff. Even though they have the books and the songs and the school scores to be big musicals. You usually don't see them done. So Broadway touches in the holiday for sure, but I definitely see the Radio City Music Hall sucking in the energy of the holidays and keeping that their mainstay staple of New York. And then you see tours, like White Christmas tours. Actually, Lorna Luft is doing the White Christmas tour in UK right now. We, mm. we saw her in the concert uh, over uh, last year. But so Broadway is very interesting with Christmas and pop because you can put pop music on and release pop music every year and it still generates so much. And films do well with the holidays too because you can always put them on every year. But you don't see, other than the Rockettes, shows returning year after year on the Broadway space. They're neither new or well, it's they hard revive. And it's hard. That. I think it's kind of hard to do that. Yeah, yeah. I do – I don't know. I also think it's a little debatable to say that – the show could only work like a show like the Grinch to me doesn't feel like it can only work at the holidays. Okay. I feel like it has enough of a love for it that yeah. it might have the longevity to live on. I don't even know how long it ran, but well, and I, it may, and sometimes they come back, but you know, producers lately have been extending, like I think the Rockettes starts the first weekend of November now. And, yeah. and it goes until, like, the first or second weekend of January. Like, they can extend the season. Yeah. But it's hard to sit. I don't know how I – like, sitting there and watching The Grinch in April, I don't know. It doesn't really work for me. I mean, maybe. That's like saying you don't want to watch Beetlejuice because it's a Halloween. Sure. So. No, I understand you that. But I'm I mean? saying when – yeah, you can, in theory, do them. And it would be interesting. Wouldn't it be interesting to see a Broadway house or a big regional theater risk doing a holiday show in July and making it a Christmas in July kind of thing? And well, see how they, the ticket sales are? It's a big risk. Most of them have Holiday Inn for that. Yeah, right. Holiday Inn is a great example of a show that features all the holidays, right? It features all of them, so right. it's like you kind of can put it on whenever. Right, right. You so, know. No, yeah. I do think and, and, I do think we are missing like a breakout holiday Broadway show that hasn't well, really happened in a while. What I was about to say is one of the most popular movies of all time, especially a holiday film, is It's a Wonderful Life. And there's a radio play, stage play version of it that a lot of people do, but there was that rumor a couple of years ago that Paul McCartney is writing the music to It's a Wonderful Life to make it a Broadway musical. And I'm like, I would have never thought I would have been putting It's a Wonderful Life and Paul McCartney in the same sentence. But hey, maybe that works. Maybe that's his like end of career kind of like, you know, he's slowing down and he wants to write now a little bit. Sure. I don't know. We haven't heard that. It's been a couple of years since we heard that. So I'm not sure when or that's a wonderful story. And I wonder yeah. how that would do with music. But anyway, yeah. yeah interesting what are. If you had to pick your top three holiday songs, what would they be? Okay, top three holiday songs. 
Judy Garland's version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is like so just uh everything gives me those like warmth. <laughs> the warmth. Um the the really fast jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way, but the Barbara version, obviously. Mm. <laughs> I know. Mm. There's the uh who it's um who does the original one? Is Amy Grant? Amy Grant? Does the original is she the original? Or is Barbara the original? I don't know who the original is. Someone tell us. But Barbara's version is probably like Brenda Lee. Maybe. Well, I was also going to say, Brenda Lee's walking on the Christmas tree, but I do love White Christmas. Oh, you know what else I love? I love Nat King Cole's um, Chestnuts Roasting uh, and my all your, what is that? It's called the Christmas song, right? His voice is, uh, I think Nat King Cole, Christmas. Bing Crosby, Christmas. I know these people had bigger careers outside of Christmas, but I hear their voices. I think Nat King Cole, oh my gosh, that voice, Christmas. I just think that. So those would be my three. So you know his genre love. Yes, I love the old stuff. I do. You all know that about me by now here. What do you think my top fix Here's going to be, I want for Christmas is you. I mean, it's the number one song. Yeah, no, it is so for good. Christmas. Yeah. Like when I think Christmas, I think that. Yeah. No, I get it. All I want for Christmas yeah. is you. And no, I do have Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree here, but I also love Wham's Last Christmas. Oh, sure. I yeah. just love that 80s sound. Yeah. It's just clean. But if I had to pick a new Christmas song that came out in the last couple of years, I think Kelly Clarkson is killing the Christmas game. Yes. And her agreed. Underneath the Tree has been added to the playlist yeah. like every other song. Yeah. So she's coming in as the Christmas queen. Yeah. Uh, she's yeah. not going to take it away from Mariah, but yeah. she does yeah. a pretty good job. And other people are doing things too. We have Taylor releasing Christmas music, Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber, some of these big pop stars have success in the Christmas game. Yeah. Then there's like the, the Jackson five have that Christmas oh, song, yeah. right? Like, I, you know, there's some Mom, great, yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. <laughs> I love stuff like I that. Saw <laughs> yeah, I love that. I mean, I, you you really hit every decade with the holidays, yeah. right? And it's so, so great. And it's amazing that when you think about it, some holiday music was obviously written from many, 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 like hundreds of years ago. But like mainstream holiday music is not less than 100 years old when you think about it. Yeah. And so like how many more years do we have ahead of us of creating new holiday music and covering it or reworking it, bringing it full circle? <laughs> Plug. <laughs> thank you, Santa. Oh, yeah, everyone's going to be adding thank you, Santa, thank you, Santa. to their Come playlist. On. So they're going to love, and the other songs, and too. And these are the special times, and, and Christmas, Christmas in Los Angeles. Yes, yes. And if you don't like Christmas music, well, well I don't know what to tell you this We summer. like the holidays in this house. We do. We like you don't them. like holiday music, yes. So. I know we definitely have one listener that's about it oh okay well shout okay. out to him oh okay well I mean, some people like only like to listen to it after thanksgiving and then before new year's yes. they have that and that's okay yeah. so he'll laugh when he hears that shout okay out, <laughs> oh my oh, gosh we're out of time out of wow that's the vibe so recapping yeah i'm so happy that we got to talk about rework today yeah. i'm so happy that we talk, 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 yeah, got to talk about the holidays i know we're gonna have some other episodes coming up in the next few weeks that are about some broadway and some pop but we wanted to kind of get the holiday one out yeah. right before thanksgiving as you guys are all cooking and decorating your tree and listen everyone to into the spirit you all have some drives to family and friends throw this podcast on throw our music on you know this is what we we love is the, how easy it is at the touch of a button to be playing music and, and, and it's so share great. the music with everyone because if you do we can make more <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> um so. and so thank you all so much for listening we hope you enjoyed Mm-hmm. And I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. And uh, make sure you follow us at Half Hour Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all TikTok, all those wonderful places. Yes. All the links will be in the bio of this podcast yes. episode for you. And we wish you a very happy holidays happy to you and holidays. your families. Yeah. Stay well, everyone. Saying ta-ta. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. Bye. Ta-ta. Bye.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.